0: Hello and welcome to Movies, Films and Flicks I am Mark Hoffmeyer And joining me is a man who hopefully Spent more than two hours preparing for this episode It's Niall Moore How oh, are yeah, you doing Mark? Good hey, well. <laughs> <laughs> so, Did this take you more than like two hours To research? A little bit more There's quite
1: a lot of um, stuff that's been written about it That's been said about it um, Yeah, There are rabbit holes within rabbit holes That you can go down when talking about this movie
0: It's tough And, and the toughest thing is this reminds me of our Back to the Future episode, and any time I've ever co- covered an Edgar Wright movie, because there's so much there. There's so many cutaways. There's so many transitions. There's so much music. There's so much like interesting characters. There's so many tiny interactions in the background. Like this episode for Scott Kill, Scott Pilgrim for me could become like a and then and then and then episode where I'm just. Uh well there was this bit and then yeah. there was
1: that bit and oh let's let's talk about this bit first. Um
0: yeah, yeah it's
1: um it's so it's almost overwhelming um the movie itself, right? It's yeah. it's got this whole the visuals are stuffed to the gills, the soundtrack is stuffed to the gills. There are so many Easter eggs in every scene. Like I think Edgar Wright recommended that on your second or third watch through you should be going frame by frame just to see all the stuff that they've hidden in in the frames like it's crazy
0: i mean listen i've lit so in preparation for this i watched the hour long documentary i listened to the commentaries i watched the movie i listened to the soundtrack and i still feel like i'm bouncing all over the place because there's just so much that's why i figured okay let's do something let's let's talk about let's like let's talk about our favorite fights in the movie then we'll talk about the soundtrack and then i reached out on M- Movies from of Flicks, Twitter and Facebook. And I got some really cool answers about what pe- they their like uh, some of MFF followers, contributors, favorite moments are. So it's actually Niall for you. Like, w- where does this rank in Edgar Wright's filmography for you? Is this you do you watch it a lot? Do you watch it a little like what? Where does this rank for you? So this one is
1: I would put it below the the Cornettos for sure. Um, You know, I love Hot Fuzz. I love Shaun of the Dead. Um, I rewatched World's End the other day. Um, That's probably the weakest of those three. And I'd say it would be competing with Scott Pilgrim for that third spot as to to which one I join more. What I love about Scott Pilgrim is it shows that Edgar Wright really, really, really gets the source material and gets all of the references there are so many little choices that show that he totally understands it. You know, from the sound of the door opening from Zelda, the first time Knives arrives at Scott's house, you know, to using an 8-bit version of one of the tunes when one of the fights is going on. You know, you've got all of these little choices that are just phenomenal. You know, I would have loved to have seen Edgar Wright do Ready Player One. You know, Spielberg did a a fine job. It was very blockbuster, very kind of, okay, here are pop culture references that you know. Good on you for recognizing the car from Back to the Future and the dinosaur from Jurassic Park. Let's pat each other on the back. Whereas if Edgar Wright had done it, you know it would have been weird and absolutely crazy.
0: He loves the source material from Scott Pilgrim. I mean, this, absolutely. this is, you know, there are some shows nowadays that I think get in trouble because the people who make the shows aren't in love with the source material. Which is a unique choice to do to go make a property when you don't really love the source material, but like James Gunn, I think, and then like um Edgar Wright, I think he, you know, and also he worked on this for a long time. Like let, let, let's not forget that. Like he, he started this. He was
1: working on it for years, right? Ten years almost, I thought.
0: Yeah, after Shaun of the Dead, and then you had the writer strike, Michael Sarah. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead were cast years before they even jumped onto this. He had the writer strike. He makes hot fuzz. And then he went and made this. But I think it's almost good that he made this after hot fuzz because hot fuzz is awesome. <laughs> and I don't know how any producer sees that and goes, well, you know, like, how does the producer see that? And just go like, let's let's give this guy some money. Like, let's like, let's not give him Marvel money. But let's let's give him some money and let let him go make this film. And this was a hundred day shoot in in Toronto. Like this was a big, long shoot for this movie. But the final product is just beautiful. Like I, it, it's it's bursting with life. I know people have qualms about Scott, but I don't think Scott's ever supposed to be a likable character. I think he's yeah, I think there's a very shrewd reason. He's a to little have bit
1: him. dodgy, you know, a twenty two year old dating a seventeen year old um that's a little bit on the dodgy side shall yeah. we say and super um, dodgy
0: it's wildly dodgy but i don't know it's so 2000s it's got a nice to wear like i feel like we had that so much in the 2000s right with the seth rogans and just like even the late 90s with like neerdue wear character mall rats like all these characters who were supposed to think are the heroes so then you have one of these which is scott pilgrim and everyone's telling him how terrible he is. Like, you you know that he's he's definitely but dodgy. It's shown to us on screen that he's awesome.
1: Yeah. It even says it when he's introduced. Scott Pilgrim, age 22. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's Who a joke? Who am I supposed to believe?
0: Do you think that's a joke, though? Because, like, in his own mind, right? He just lives in a hole in the wall. His parents across the street. He's in between jobs. He, I, what, what is I don't, our... I don't even
1: know what he does for money. He... He's sharing with Wallace, um, Kieran Culkin, who he's fantastic. I I love his character. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, who keeps collecting bedfellows um, (laughs) as the movie goes along, which is quite impressive.
0: And I guess Scott is a total lady killer, wannabe jerky jerk, is what we're told to believe of him. But I think it works because it's Michael Sarah. Like, I don't know. You know, watching this movie in 2010, I didn't think he was awesome. I I just thought oh I love these visuals I love everyone playing these roles like everyone is bursting with life like everyone is just like, I, I I, don't know like you know well, Brie Larson, stage, Chris Evans Arrested like,
1: Development had just finished you know a couple of years before I would think um, he hadn't done that much. I think he'd done Juno at that point yeah, maybe I think Juno is super bad or 2009 and super bad um and he always played the same character. He's that kind of awkward guy who thinks he's kind of cool, maybe, but isn't
0: really. <laughs> very, very niche typecast. It's the, the Michael Sarah archetype. Mm-hmm. Like, we need a Michael Sarah type to play this role. So you know let's get Michael
1: Sarah, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably not doing anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, he's in Barbie now, which makes me happy. But Oh, he's... He's...
1: oh yeah, he is. Um, yeah. He's Andy, is he not?
0: Yeah, I just this is a weird movie for me because I, I get all the complaints about Scott, but this movie is not about that. It's just about the music, the visuals, the text on the screen, the P bars, the someone being a cocky cock, the vegan police, the deep blue sea cameo, Clifton Collins Jr. popping up out of nowhere. It's it's this movie that is just so bursting with life, and you know, like, even Ellen Wong is nice. She's amazing and. You know, this is this movie works, I think, because he had the entire cast rehearse for weeks. Then he had them do all the physical training for weeks. And then they got on set. And I think that they were able to sort of, you know, everyone seemed on board for a hundred plus day shoot with very specific shots because that's the only way this movie is getting made. And the more i well, read it has,
1: yeah, it has to be meticulously storyboarded, it has to be. Because it's sticking so close to that approximation of the medium of the graphic novel, where you have some of these that could have been picked straight out of the panel of the, the comic. It's a split screen with two people's faces on it. You've got a phone ringing with a giant ring coming off of it. Um, all of these are directly from the panel. You could literally put that panel up on
0: your storyboard and be, that's one of the shots and he had and, Brian Lee O'Malley there the entire time the writer looking at all the storyboards and doing all those and he was happy with it yeah it's i you know i'll be honest
1: i'm not familiar with the source material um it's not one that I, i've read from what i've heard if the author is happy with the adaptation usually you've done a pretty good job yeah
0: exactly yeah exactly and and I, I, just learning more about this movie i love that the studio made Edgar Wright throw in the scene with knives and Scott doing the the fighting game, you know, where they're doing all the steps. Uh the ninja. Yeah. The ninja, ninja stuff. whatever. Yeah. To prove that to prove why Scott could actually fight in real life. So the whole concept of this is remember like Triple X? How do you how do you know how to shoot and drive so well? I play a lot of GTA. So the whole concept of this is he plays video games so he can fight. But it's a video it's like a video game comic book adaptation. It's not a video game movie, but it looks like it. So it doesn't really, the fighting comes organically to me. Like it it never really bothered me that Scott, Scott could fight because this world it's, is so bonkers anyway. It's crazy.
1: You know, you have Matthew coming and floating in the air, rhyming in the middle of a half Bollywood-ish song and shooting flame from his hands. I think having our protagonist be able to just do a little bit of hand-to-hand combat is fine.
0: Yeah. And I feel like it's much more organic than in World's End when the fights broke out because those fights never. I love World's End. I have a Mondo poster right behind me, but the fights never feel totally organic like they do here. So I I just dig. It, I don't know. It I, was I, a case of the, the stakes being raised. In World's
1: End, it was all about trying to be more graphic and visceral. In Shaun of the Dead, he nailed it. It mm-hmm. was. You could see, okay, they're trying to hit these guys with the pool cue because that's what they have to hand. That's sensible. You don't have them suddenly getting robot, alien, whatever they are, in chokeholds and snapping their necks and stuff with precision technique.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's where he kind of lost it a little bit there where all of a sudden everybody's a highly trained combatant rather than just being some guy who's stuck in... A really bad
0: situation. Because it's not the world, right? It's not that yet. But I mean, I still love World Time. I don't care. Good movie. But yeah, yeah this one, it's fun. Go- going back to Scott, it's just, I don't know. I-, I can't think of a movie that's just more bursting with life that when I watched it, so much was going on on the screen. And it, it's. Well, given how much is going on
1: in his head anyway. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Is the fighting all in his head anyway? He's actually just had, he's been dissed basically by some guy. He just said, hey, you're a bit of an idiot. You shouldn't be dating Ramona. And in his head, he's got this whole thing going on where he's like, "I'm the you know, I fought this guy and battled for her heart." When really, he's just like got oh, well, um, some Michael Sarah come back and kind of slunk slinked off into the the background. I think in
0: most people's heads, they think that they can fight. Like, oh, everybody thinks they can fight. Everyone from the raid. I think. It's and as yeah. a as a bouncer. I've watched, I've seen many fights in my life and bars and mu- in music venues. It was a music venue, bar, and just watching the fights that break out, I think in the people's heads, they think they're eco-UA from the raid, but it's just a lot of slapping and people getting tired really quickly. So I'm and glad we didn't have that. Massive haymakers, people <laughs> throwing the absolute windmill haymaker,
1: doesn't make contact with anything but air.
0: And then they fly around so fast that they land on their butts because they missed the punch. But it's... yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess for me, the, the legacy I have with this movie is just, it's just fun. It's a breath of fresh air. It's something unique. I like all the actors involved. I, I, I think, you know, just watching Jason Schwartzman and Michael Sarah involved in a final fight in an $85 million budgeted film makes me happy. It's like the time when Michael Sheen and Bill Nye have a final fight in Underworld 3. Like I love movies that are somewhat counter program or like they, they throw a, a wrench into what you're expecting. And so watching the X's and, and seeing the way they play out, like I dig it. And also when I worked in Toronto, whenever I went to work there, like I'm the first time I went, I was so excited. I went and bought a second cup travel mug. Second. Yeah. Second cup travel mug. I was hoping Brandon Lee O'Malley would show up to the comic convention. I, walked where you know i tried to figure out where it was like i was super proper excited well, they to filmed go to some of it
1: at his house i thought
0: yeah like around the street and he knew where that yeah. hole in the wall was so they went there and they recreated entire yeah. clubs of of shirley's
1: name tag was actually the real shirley's name tag he borrowed <laughs> yeah. it from
0: her i saw that on the bus right did you see that extra uh, no. Oh yeah, yeah. She gave like on on the bus when she sitting next to Andrew Kendrick. She like gave it over to her, and like the music too, just bringing in what broken social scene. Beck, Metric, Dan the Automator, like just just know like Cornelius, like just knowing that you had Beck it, writing it the song.
1: Yeah, it definitely fit the vibe, but some of it comes across almost radio-heady. I thought you really, have, there are a couple of the tracks where I was thinking. This would not be at a place on a Radiohead album, an, an early, an earlier Radiohead, rather than some of the later stuff.
0: Like which one would you say, Threshold? Or like, um, I mean, no, no, that's no, way too it, punk. Yeah, that doesn't work. Never mind.
1: It was, I think, Ramona.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good, that's a good jam though. It is. Oh yeah, I mean, I guess he did come up with that, but still, it's. I think you know, like we are Sex babom and just, I am so sad. So very, very sad. Like I, I love, like <laughs> we hate you, please that, die. Is that, is that the one that's two seconds long? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, like 13 that's seconds. That's another
1: great, you know, another great gag, right? You have just this song and then it's 10 seconds. I thought my phone had made a mistake when I was listening to the soundtrack earlier, you know, same as you. And this song came on and it ended immediately. And I was on to the next one. I was like, is that it? Because I'd, I'd forgotten that bit in the film.
0: Oh, man. And I, I, I dig the I, I love that it's 13 seconds long. I was in a band called The Brewskies. We had a couple of really short ones. I think that was more for the, the benefit of the people in the audience rather than us being cheeky. But I, I kind of dig that scene that they had. I, and once again, I feel like I'm going there. Rums is like, and then, and then, and then. But I don't know. I feel like when you put this much work into a movie, when you get Bill Pope, the guy who shot Matrix and Darkman and incredible films to shoot it, when you go to so much detail with props and, you know, the the girls kissing the girls poster in Scott's Scott's room. Yeah. That was everywhere when I was in college. So they, they nailed I what that kind remember, of dude- I remember
1: seeing that, that poster in... In movies of that time, mostly I think I don't I don't I think one of my buddies might have had it on his wall as well. Well, maybe more than one.
0: But. It was everywhere, right? And so just watching the little details and and seeing how they nailed it, and just getting her highlights punched out, and ah, it makes me so happy. But yeah, so okay, let's do this. I, I let's talk about the fights in this movie, and then we can also talk about the evil X's and, and the plot as we make our way through it. Or, or the way we rank them. But what's your favorite fight in this movie?
1: I quite enjoyed the second fight, So with um, Luke, was it Luke Lucas? Yeah, yeah, Lucas with Chris Evans. The reason I liked it so much was how hilarious they did it with the stunt doubles. I thought that was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Where he's going to go and hit the guy, and the guy turns around and it's not him. It's like, oh, that's my stunt double. Uh, it's just a brilliant play on, you know, he's a Hollywood actor. Of course, he's got stunt doubles. But the fact that they then brought that in to be part of the fight and then he was able to play on his ego to, you know, finish it off. Um, you know, it, it made it quite, um, you know, it was funny and well done, but it wasn't over the top. And Chris Evans, you know, he's got great comic timing. He When he extends the hand, it's like, hey, let's get a beer. <laughs> A bunch of them.
0: I just love it. Why wouldn't you be? Um, really, you know, I just, yeah, just the quotes that he has. I'm gonna go get some coffee. Y'all want some? No, no, man. We're cool. We're cool. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I I do like the fight too because it, it's it's a different style from the first one. It's it's not you know, and he gets leveled into the castle too. Like I love how they pulled off that oh, yeah. stunt. Just the way that he gets destroyed makes me really happy. And then just the way that he tricks him. I mean, it shows some guile a little bit by Scott to play on his ego like that. And then he gets 14 bucks in coins. Hey, it's, it's important. Yeah. And, you know, they based Lucas Lee off of Jason Lee because Brian Lee O'Malley. Oh,
1: yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They had I a conversation
0: because he was a big skater. You know what? I kind of love what he played Brody and Mallrats, who's very much so a kind of a Scott. Well, he's more aggressive than Scott Pilgrim, but he lives in a basement well he's Scott Pilgrim if he was written by Kevin Smith Yeah, <laughs> there it is yeah 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 perfect and so yeah they based him on, on Jason Lee because they were wondering if it was a sellout or not and I love I love Lucas's movies so I, I wrote them down and they make me really happy there's like action doctor the good news is nice. you're, the good news is you're gonna live the bad news is he's gonna kill you what the game is over too, one good cop is finished fooling around again <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thrilled to be here. Uh, I love. Let's hope there's a heaven. Kiss me, I'm dying. Like you, you just don't exist. So. Like <clears throat> I love this. Cole Hauser just got a call saying he has 89 minutes to live from himself.
1: <laughs> I
0: would, it I would probably have more like fun coming like up. In Schwarzenegger's
1: books. filmography and um, Last Action
0: Hero. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I love the fa- like they build out. There's so many little moments in that fight that I love. I think my favorite. Is when they fight when he fights Todd, oh uh, yeah,
1: because Todd's I love him,
0: I love the base battle. Uh, I hate he just levels poor knives. I also love the yeah, performance. That, that's not cool. <laughs> it's horrifying, and I mean I love the but performance. He's a, so he's by a Bray rock person. star, yeah. so he can do that. Oh man, it's just Brandon Routh having a bad time and talking about his vegan based diet. You know how we only use ten percent of our brain, while the other half is taken <laughs> by curd and a I way. Think yeah, I think what works, though, is that Scott tricks him like there's some he's not going to he loses the base battle. He gets punched through about 47 walls and he takes and out Todd up into near orbit. I think it was, <laughs> Yeah. Which, how long like, is uh, he up massive, there?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy, he's punched a hole in the moon. He's uh, he's pretty punchy.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he gets hit way up there. And I just love the coffee bit. And then I love the vegan cops when they are like a chicken parm. And just seeing Tom Jane and Clifton Collins Jr. pop in every time just makes me so incredibly happy that they just randomly pop in on this movie.
1: But yeah, I think That's the thing about Edgar Wright though. He he has enough sway that he's able to get really good actors to come in and do tiny little cameos because they'll be fun.
0: I'm a, I'm amazed at the performances he gets out of. It. Not amazed, but the performance. Like, I Simon Pegg is He's good in the Mission Impossible movies, but he shows more range in about three minutes of World's End and Shaun of the Dead when he's crying about his mom than his entire filmography. You know, Nick Frost, I I love him in Cuban Fury, but his best performances are in World's End. Like, I think he's excellent. And, you know, watching Baby Driver, Jamie Foxx is always awesome, but he's scary in that movie, Jamie Foxx. Like, I love the performances that Edgar Wright gets out of him. And I think Brandon Routh was really great casting. Brie Larson was perfection. It just, yeah. But I think that's it. I think that's probably my favorite one. But I do like the Lucas Lee. I just, I don't know. I just like a good bit involving coffee. That makes me happy. Which one do you like next?
1: I think the final one, or the or the the secret after final one. I think that was one of my favorite little gags where you have Negas Scott turn up as like the final final boss. He's a good guy, and then and then they just hang out. And this, and they're going to go for brunch afterwards. And they just didn't show any of it. I thought that was in a typical movie, you'd have this ultimate final boss and another huge climactic show. Particularly in a movie where you've already had all these climactic battles, you're going to have, you know, the stakes raised and even bigger fight. And the fact that it didn't go there was just hilarious. Um, but the battle leading up to that, um, I think was my next favorite against uh, Gideon, who. Brady really can't take rejection, so much so that he spent two whole hours searching for the ex's phone numbers. Two hours.
0: <laughs> you know how long that took. Um, uh, but just watching I it was fun watching them train too, the behind the scenes of just watching Schwartzmann and Sarah practice with foam swords. It's just watching I don't know, it makes me so happy seeing those guys battle and just the, the different elements of it, right? He gets the one up, he comes back. I think I learned a lesson. And, and coming back to beat him and then Knives gets involved and I don't know it's just yeah it's a Edgar Wright it's not I'm not gonna say it's a punk rock move if you're making an 80 million dollar movie but I do love that the big fight is just from the dude from Rushmore versus the dude from Arrested Development or Phantom Planet it makes me it makes me happy it's a good battle
1: yeah it's it's fun um, I was looking up uh, Jason um uh, filmography before this and it's all just very kind of indie kind of roles no, nothing action heavy at all and mm-hmm. uh, then you've got him wielding this glowing katana
0: it's great isn't it isn't it great like it's he's perfect in it and I then love- scott oh, of
1: course has the trope where you know he pulls this sword out of his body because he's leveled up his power or whatever it's um his form elevating his got his new weapon he pulled it out of his body the power was inside him all along
0: (laughs) and he just becomes a better human because he apologizes to people who knew yeah who knows and I do there is a lesson here though about just being happy that the person you're with is with you and that your actions hurt people like I I think Scott's just oblivious to that so do you think sometimes people need that lesson
1: Uh, I would think so yeah, um, there are a lot of people who live in their own little bubbles, and they don't know that there's like a chain reaction. They need reaction, a severe right? reality check.
0: I think as Scott to gets one, right their
1: actions might be affecting others around them, and Scott gets that at the end. <laughs> it Takes him a while to get there. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, being punched
1: through a few walls and taking a fair few beatings before the message finally gets in there, but he gets there in the end.
0: Yeah, he is. He's a 22 year old who lives in a hole in the wall, doesn't do much work, seems to be a kind of a jerky jerk. Yeah, so I think he, need, he needed something to wake him up a little bit.
1: Isn't even that good a bass player, it seems. You know, they, they sounded a lot better when they replaced him.
0: You're, you'll, you'll now be Neil, not young Neil. He's the only one who knew how to play, though. Mark Webber learned how to play. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, and then, like, the, the entire cast actually figured out. how like, uh, Allison Pill learned how to play drums. I think that they all and have again, to-
1: that's that's something that unless you're passionate about the film, the actors aren't going to go that extra mile to to learn to actually play the instruments for real. They'll mm-hmm. learn enough to not make it look stupid. But if they've actually gone far enough that they could actually play some of these songs, that shows that they care. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and listen, I think Edgar Wright earns that because you know, he had Shaun of the Dead spaced and hot fuzz under his belt, and his other movie was it Fistful of Fingers? He had the um, his I'm not first, sure. Something... I haven't pulled up here. He had Fistful of Fingers, yeah. yeah. And so he had those under his belt. But when you see the amount of storyboards he had, when you see the, the costume designers, how much work they put into it, and when you see the, the stunt crew that he put together and the faith he put in them. Like, I think when you lead from the top, like Edgar Wright does, and you're there in the morning, you're there at night, and he's also very unwavering in his in his vision. So I think the actors just respect that he wasn't wishy washy. They weren't there for one hundred and five days because he was unsure of himself. They were there for one hundred and five days because he was sure what he wanted and he put the work in. So I think when you lead from the top like that, and also Michael Cera seemed to have done a great job as well. Like when you lead from the top like that, I think people want to follow you. And maybe that's why he gets so many good performances from his movies.
1: Yeah. it's Well, you mentioned Spaced. Um, I don't know how much of that you've watched. It's like cult UK TV show. Phenomenal. Um, It has aged a little bit now. Uh, It's a little bit dated, but... It was absolute. I used to love watching that when I was at university. It was one of our kind of go-to chill-out-on-a-Friday-night kind of shows. Uh, It's hilarious.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I think he, I don't know, I guess he just, he leads from the top. He had done great movies. And and the casting was fun. Like, He got a a lot, like Anna Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza. like They're all like uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. They're all huge now. Makes yeah he he's got a good eye for for up-and-coming talent right absolutely so we haven't talked um, about we have what three more fights or four more fights to talk oh wait we've three, talked three
1: wow well, what well oh, there's there's really six end. fights i guess right six of, fights yeah yeah
0: so which one should we talk about next matthew roxy um, or the twins
1: let's do matthew okay the uh the consequences of not responding to the Nigerian prince emails in your inbox. <laughs> I you skimmed will, it. you will totally get this this come up and thing unless you do something. <laughs> Bro, didn't you get my email? Oh yeah, totally. Um,
0: who are you? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he? Doesn't he only he skims it right? He goes boring. Yeah, he he decides
1: it's boring, and then when Matthew shows up a little bit later, he. Scott is understandably confused. <laughs> He's never heard of the the League of Eagle Xs at this point. Um oh, but beautiful. it's an interesting an interesting trope, right? You have the the kind of straight out of Bollywood dance music number kind of coming in with the he goes a little bit like Dalsim from um, from Street Fighter where he starts shooting the the flames.
0: Uh-huh. Um it, and he has the demon hipster chicks. As well, yeah, demon him. hipster
1: chicks. Which, to be honest, why doesn't he just go off with his demon hipster chicks instead of pining about Ramona or biting apples for her?
0: I mean, I gotta tell you, I I think Gideon Graves is pretty good. I mean, Gideon's a mastermind, so he he must have something on him to set up the League of Evil Evil Exes. I appreciate that from him; pretty good planning. But like, I, I think yeah, features- Lu- Lucas is
1: yeah, he's. He's probably still bitter that Todd stole Ramona, probably just doing it for fun because he likes to beat people up, he likes to hit girls. He likes to, he's just not generally a very nice person. Turns that out vegan. being vegan doesn't make you nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I guess with the Matthew fight, it does feature like the really great intro punch when he punches up in the air and hits him. I think it, I think in a 64 punch combo and just, yeah. just landing those punches and, and then sort of kind of taking him out. It, it does lead to a pretty cool fight scene and it, it, it proves that he's up against some pretty tough competition, I would say. And there's kind of a, you know,
1: it's a, is it an Edgar Wright tradition throwing a disc shaped object to hit someone in the head? So you have them throwing the <laughs> records in front of the dead. You had him throwing the the symbol at uh, Matthew's head.
0: Oh, symbols are a little more effective, right? I I would think so. He picked an interesting time to fight him, but I like where they did it. That was a good fight. I like and like that. You know, even the you know the actor who played Matthew Patel did all the training as well. Like he brought in everybody for the entire. Like Chris Evans was training with all these people. Well, he was
1: probably training. He would have done Captain America probably the year before, right? It was Captain America at the same time.
0: Was it like 2011? Oh,
1: was it 2011?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so this would have
1: been just before before Captain America, then I guess.
0: He had a pretty good run there. Sunshine and Scott Pilgrim. Those
1: couple of bad Fantastic Four movies. Wolf.
0: Those movies made money, though. And you know what's interesting? I think he walked out of those Fantastic Four movies a little bit unscathed. I think most people Yeah, don't. he was fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> in fact, I don't think any... Well, Jessica Alba wasn't great in them. But I thought the guy who was Ben Grimm was fine. I can't remember Mr. Fantastic, but then I find him boring as a character anyway, so he was probably fine. Super bland. Uh, and- but but it was just uh, the actual plot itself was just not compelling. Um, there just weren't very, very good movies. No, but he was fine. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was pretty good as, as Johnny Storm.
0: I want to walk out of a movie like that. Everyone hates it, but they go, well, Chris Evans, Mark Hoffmeyer was fine. That's <laughs> that's what I want. Mark, when you want to be in a good movie? No, I want to be really good in a bad movie. So then everyone's like, the movie's bad except for Hoffmeyer. That's my goal. Nile.
1: Yeah, I, it's um, I think you need to work on your acting chops
0: some more to get there. I'm a terrible actor. It's really, it's really bad. All right, so we have Roxy and the twins left. Who do you, who do you want to talk about there? Um, Roxy. So Roxy is another bit of fun casting.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. She was in Arrested Development as um, George Michael's. Her?
0: (laughs) I love the egg. That has stuck with me for the longest time. Oh, it's so great, isn't it?
1: It was really funny that they even recast the actress. And I think that was deliberate to kind of keep with the running joke. They were going to actually recast the actress in every episode as well to keep the gag up. But then they really liked what um Mae Whitman did with the character. So they kind of kept her along.
0: <laughs> she's she was great in that. I love it. Yeah. Oh man. But she's I mean, listen, it's a fun fight. It's different, right? You got Ramona taking the lead. Well, their first fight was almost a nice snow fight, but then they delayed it. Well, it wasn't the right time. (laughs) It had a really long day. (laughs) Oh, and and it happened. It's kind of crazy, though. It's so, it sounds like something that someone would say in the early 2000s or 90s. Not me, but when they're like, oh, he was just going through a sexy phase when she did that, Ramona. It's, it's. Yeah. It's, but that is how people talked. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it's right. I just think that was our that was what people said, or the you know, yeah. I'm not gonna say what everyone said, I'm not gonna peg it on that, but that seemed like We're the just language going through
1: different. a phase in general. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be prefaced with anything.
0: Yeah, but she, I just seeing Mae Whitman on screen and fighting and watching her doing the training, she actually whacked a couple of people in the face, but she was there every step of the way doing all the training, and she was very un like in this movie, which makes me happy. And just watching Ramona take the lead the different way it plays out. She's just cool. I like May in this movie it is is inspired casting, isn't it? Like they just found a really fun person. It's one of those
1: where she's great in the role anyway. And then it just adds an extra layer for people who've watched the rest of development where you can be, Oh, George Michael's fighting Anne. That's fun.
0: And the back of her knee is great. Mm. (laughs) Death by orgasm. Isn't that what it was? Yeah. Oh gosh. (laughs) So Scott, right? He tricks Lucas Lee. He he wins by milk, touches the back of someone's knee. Knee. He gets what he he I I like the fact that he would lose most of these fights, but he somehow comes out on top. It's kind of nice that he just doesn't just beat the crap out of him.
1: Well, that I don't think would mesh with his character. You know, he's not a what you would think as a stereotypically strong looking fighter even with his ninja skills from the start
0: stupid question do you think because it's michael Sarah that this character i know uh, someone wrote on facebook that they they didn't like the character at all they hate scott but do you think this character works somewhat because it's michael Sarah? if you casted someone like chris evans or if you casted Oops. someone like uh, uh, if you brought in chris pine to play scott pilgrim would it work i think it becomes less believable and then you just don't uh, you really don't like the guy then because yeah
1: it's Chris because he's an absolute
0: being a turd. Like he's just
1: yeah. So I think yeah, my, I I'll think Michael Sarah has enough of he's able to give off that awkward uh, I don't know if I want to call it charm, but that awkward vibe, that awkward disarming that he can do where he can be an objectively horrible person, but you think, oh, it's just little Michael Sarah. He's he's harmless.
0: Yeah, so when he's ordering stuff from Ramona, when he's following her yeah. around, when he's cheating on knives, it's, it's just some light stalking, <laughs> very, very light, I guess. And and then just when he does that, when he when it what he does to knives, and it, I think it, any other actor, I think not any other, but most other actors, I think it would like if you brought someone even like I don't know Jason Biggs, this movie would fall apart, not because of his acting, but I think it was really. You had to be you have to be very careful to cast Scott Pilgrim. I think it yeah, works. It's, it's a
1: tough one. But you're right. He he doesn't have to be likable. You know, and he's not actually likable as as a person. But he does grow towards the end. Yet he still decides to go after Ramona in the end. Which...
0: People are flip-flopped on that. People are like, no, knives is awesome. Knives is cool. Yeah, but she's too cool for him. Yeah. She's she's way. <laughs> She's just a burst of energy in life. You kind of want him to get away from her, even though he's learned his lesson. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, Ramona. I think Ramona. She learned her lesson now. But you know what's interesting? Ramona's been like around the world, traveled. So she's she knows the world. She's world weary. Then you have Knives, who's just bursting with life, and then you have Scott, who's probably never been through a hard day in his life. So it's probably
1: not left his. Little town in Ontario,
0: yeah, ever. So, you have, I don't think either is really right for him <laughs> because he doesn't really Maybe know. Maybe he what needs love to go back
1: is. to, um,
0: what's Alison Pill's character? Oh, yeah, called? she's, yeah, um, one, Kim. Two. yeah, Kim, Kim's great. I love how she does the one, two, three, so great. <laughs> she's between Goon, Snowpiercer, this, like, I love she has a really cool resume. I, I dig Alison, well, Pill. she was in um, Star Trek as well. She was
1: in uh, Star Trek The Carrot for a couple of seasons. Oh really? Most recently. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, maybe go yeah, cause well, no, she's she's seen more than he has too. Like, I, like well, I just I yeah, I don't know. Sorry.
1: Yeah, it's um yeah, maybe he just needs to go off with um Aubrey Plaza, even though she seems to hate him.
0: <laughs> but maybe it's a hate maybe it's that hate love. Yeah, there it is. Maybe. And just he would just get yelled at by her all the time. And that's great because he's worthy of getting yelled at all the time. So that's perfect. And uh, I guess right now, though, we're on the final battle against the twins. So the the twins. Who Ramona, I guess, cheated on one with the other. Then they teamed up and then they had a big fight at the end, which is really cool graphics. And it features probably my favorite sex bomb song, which is Threshold, which I think that kind of wails. I I like Thresholds. Thresholds a good tune. That 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 will get you pumped up. Like if there's if there's a song, you know, that's like a good running song or a good training song right there. So like I, I dig the dueling. They don't really get much to do in the movie, but I do think the visuals are cool. The fight is different enough. Sex bob maybe becomes a better band because of it. And it's just a good kaiju fight made out of energy waves from speakers on either side of a battle of the bands. That's something I've never seen before.
1: Yeah, it's a, again it's kind of using the it's using something different to bring across a um, an idea um mm-hmm. you know filling the screen with the sound waves it's like it's really really cool some some other film I watched recently did that I can't remember what it was and then you
0: just get a really cool song also yeah out of it exactly ah oh, I love it Right, so, how about this? We've oh, talked it a lot Doctor about Doctor Strange. That
1: was it with the, the music.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: thing in the uh, Multiverse of Madness. We should do I music knew I'd fight. Seen something
0: kind of similar.
1: Yeah,
0: I love that scene. Oh man, crap. I just saw a music fight. I thought that was really original for an MCU movie. I mean, there's no new idea. Well, there are new ideas, but it's oh, there I still love that New movie. executions. I, I have a Mondo poster on my way. I look at a lot of movies like soccer games, like there's, there's it's a different. It's just like manu, right? Manchester United. They have a different opponent each game. It's going to bring different elements. They're on a different pitch. Could going be the same pitch, different crowd, different day, different weather. They're still kicking the ball. They're still trying to score a goal. But it's different. It's the same principles. I guess I look at movies like that. Well, you, you can expect, have
1: a lot of the same parts and have it be completely different, right?
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, there's a reason why tropes work. And there's a reason why the three-act structure works. There's a reason why people love Heroes' Journeys. I mean, look at Scott, right? He's, he's a 22-year-old stuck in arrested development who is still pining over being dumped. And he learns to become a better person by being jealous about seven X's and being all weird about it, but then just being happy that the person chose to be with him. And then he learns a life lesson by actually getting out of his apartment, which is kind of nice. What is the, what's the moral of this movie? Do, um... Does it need one? I don't think it is a mor- it's not a
1: morality morality piece. <laughs> um, it's you know Scott's journey, I guess, is learning. It's basically getting over envy.
0: Yeah, just That's getting over what himself. this
1: is all about. You know, getting over his his breakup from the previous year. He might even go and get a haircut. It's been four hundred and forty days or whatever,
0: and then learning that his actions during that hurt other people. A period where hurting people. Because he was hurting and he wasn't thinking about anybody else. You know, I do. Yeah. I will say, I do like that. There's a movie called Burnt about Bradley Cooper. And it's basically a movie about an awesome guy becoming more awesome. So, like, sometimes I don't like movies where cool people become even cooler. If that makes sense. Like, I don't. That's not a movie that I'm well, too into. It's.
1: It's all about the the law of diminishing returns, right? If somebody's already 99% cool and they get 1% more cool, yeah, they've only increased by like 1%, whereas if someone goes from 10% cool to 100% cool, they've their coolness has gone up, you know, over 9 times. It's a much bigger <laughs> job.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see one I don't want to see a 1%. I want to see 90%. Give me 10 times the coolness. I mean, I yeah, guess you that's want the classic to improve that she's all that trope just take off glasses and paint i mean yeah. like i guess you look at ebenezer scrooge right that that's one of the best examples i would say of being a horrifying human and then becoming better i don't think scott is there yet so this is kind of like uh, you know you the ghost of christmas past this is kind of like that you're just younger and you haven't gone down the scrooge route yet
1: yeah so maybe he can he can learn from this and be better going forward. Ooh. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he falls back onto it and finds a, another girl down the line who has a bunch more evil exes
0: to battle. Another music producer he has to fight. Yeah. And, and you know what's crazy about this movie? I think it really does fall under what Edgar Wright does well, which is comedy, action, and music. Like He loves action in his movies. He loves music. He loves comedy. But he also said that this caused problems for him because they had to do rehearsals for all the comedy. Then all the actors had to, learn, had to learn how to play the music. And then all the actors had to learn how to fight. So, yeah. They had, Mike, I, I have, Michael Cere did a really good job of stepping into this movie. He had to do a lot for this film. and I, I, I think he headlined it quite well. Proud of he, him.
1: Yeah, he, he, he did well. He mm-hmm. did a good job. I, I can't imagine anyone else in the role, I think. Except maybe his doppelganger, Jesse Eisenberg. But man,
0: Jesse Eisenberg, he could do it. He could do it. But it would be a totally darker movie, I think. No, yeah, for sure. Because he's I, I want to see them switch Zombie Land and Scott Pilgrim and see what would happen. What those movies would look like. Interesting. <laughs> My favorite quote though about this movie, before we move on to the songs, is the director, director of photography, Bill Pope said. He said, "What was." well, what I thought was going to be hard on this movie was hard. And he goes, what I thought was going to be easy on this movie was hard. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, everything was hard. And th- this is a dude who worked on The Matrix. So I kind of dig well, that. The Matrix was probably very hard. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it seemed like, I don't know, it seemed like uh, Edgar Wright took a picture on the first day of production and he took a picture on the last and normally by the last, everyone hates life. I've worked on shoots that were two weeks, and I just wanted to get away from everyone. Like I didn't want to see anybody's face for a long time. So I on remember 100...
1: doing the what is it, the forty-eight hour film project, and I didn't want to see the people after forty-eight hours. Never mind, <laughs> <laughs> two weeks.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, wa-
1: I wasn't even doing it. I was only there for half a day. Yeah. <laughs> I get was out, just out of my face! Out.
0: Get out of! I do not want to see any of you people ever again. But yeah, it's he did a good job, and so okay. Let's do, let's move on to something now. Let's do the soundtrack draft. We'll each pick, what do you think? 3 songs? 3? Yeah. yeah. I think three. that's reasonable. Yeah, cuz five there there are 5 here, but I think we can do a, a legit 3-3. Three, three. So since you're the guest yeah. and you did a lot of work, I will let you pick first.
1: I'm going to go with Black Sheep as my oh, first
0: one.
1: Man, I love Metric. Um that that is just a quality tune. And I love the Brie Larson version as well, where they where she played it in the
0: actual film. Yeah, she does a good job. Well, oh, she does a great job and just pulling it off. Yeah. And the the I just love the theatrics of it. And I actually just love Metric, like Help I'm Alive. That song all comes crashing was my most listened to twenty twenty two song according to Spotify. Like I just their emo ness hits me very like yeah yeah yeah, Metric like I they, those songs like Maps. I could just listen to that song over and over and over. I love that song. All right, so you got black sheep, perfect, perfect. I'm gonna take. I think you know what I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take threshold because oh, that nice. is
1: threshold. That that would have been my my second pick, I think, if if it wasn't gone. It's um, it's a
0: quality tune. Ah, I love it. That one's that's a single right there. I I wish I was in a band called the my Brewskies band. I wish we would have written that song. We weren't good enough, but yeah, that's that's a song I would have loved.
1: Yeah, it's a. It's a quality tune. I think for the next one, um, I really like the song that was playing when Ramona was first introduced at the party, which is called I Heard Ramona Sing. It's got a really, I really enjoyed the the guitar riff that's playing through it. It's got, you know, this kind of cool guitar solo kind of thing going behind it, and it just fits the moment.
0: Well, it's, yeah, it's perfect. No, yeah. Uh, I, we've already talked about it a little bit, but I'm just going to do... I have two, one, two that I can pick. I'm going to do I'm So Sad, so very, very sad 13-second song. It's perfect, yeah, right? We've already,
1: talk, we've already talked about yeah. that, but it's it's a great gag in the movie. It's mm-hmm. um it's fun. Nice. I think so- the last one I, I'm going to go for is my second favorite refuse-related song behind the Garbage Man Can is um Garbage Truck.
0: Mm-hmm. Not a garbage Truck. Oh, I love that. It's a good song. They're not terrible, Sex Bob-omb. No,
1: they're, they're passable and probably better than some of the crap I was listening to in the, the late 2000s.
0: <laughs> so much new metal, right? Were you a new metal guy?
1: Well, I was thinking that. I've been listening this week, my throwback Thursday, or one of my recommended things was throwing me a bunch of Offspring, Linkin Park, that kind of era of music. And I was thinking when I was listening to this is that this isn't actually that dissimilar to what I was listening to this morning. It hasn't really changed genre much, I guess that's what yeah Beck made some good stuff. I'm like, what it's not gonna it's not gonna mess up the algorithm for me. put it that
0: man <laughs> you start getting Papa roach you wanna? I'm gonna I know this is bad, but I'm just gonna do we hate you, please die. I love that song too uh, it hits that one hits it's a good one yeah and I just they have a girl they have a girl drummer too it makes me so <laughs> and then she just well, I love it and I, I love listening to the behind the scenes making of and just like you know, these songs were so short, but all the bands like from broken social, broken social scene, and they all loved contributing to this, and so it just makes me very happy. It's a good soundtrack. I want to go buy the vinyl. Might as well.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's one of those you know, similar. You already mentioned James Gunn, but Guardians of the Galaxy the the music is part of the the narrative rather than it being an afterthought. And that's the same here, where the music is actually part of the narrative, and it it drives the narrative a little bit rather than it just being, okay, we need a song. Let's go to a focus group. And who can we afford to pay the rights for? Okay. We'll put in that song. Focus group. Do we like that? Okay. Yeah. Cool.
0: Uh, Yeah. That's, and it's not like a 90s soundtrack where like, we just need a song from someone. All right. We got a Google doll song. Put it in there. We got Kiss from the Rose, even though it was from uh, another movie, Free Willy 2 or something like that. No, Never Ending Story 2. Yeah. Just put it in. That's fine. Let's let's just add it. it. Doesn't have to do anything. We'll do a single for it. We'll say you two wrote a song. Doesn't propel it forward, but yeah, no, you're right. This, this, the music means something here. And I actually I asked a question on Facebook. I want to get these out before I forget because I always forget. So I asked three questions: What's your favorite fight in Scott Pilgrim? What's your favorite? Who's your favorite character in Scott Pilgrim? And where does Scott Pilgrim rank in Edgar, Edgar Wright's filmography? Zanandi Vuitte uh, said she loves all of them, but she she likes the fight with the Evanses. The main she her main. Favorite character is Wallace Wells, and then uh, she likes The Vegan Police. And then third, she ranks this movie third behind Hot Fuzz and World's End. Johnny Num loves the twins fight, and he thinks Kim is the best character, no contest. And he thinks it's the best movie that that Edgar Wright has done. Jason Hemming, his favorite fight is when Ramoni uses Scott to fight Roxy. His favorite character is Knives Chow. He loves the monologue when she's changing her hair. And he said Scott Pilgrim is his second favorite behind Shaun of the Dead. Aaron Newworth loves the battle versus Todd and the vegan battle. He thinks Stephen Stills, the talent, is his favorite character. And he said second or third behind Shaun of the Dead and tied with or behind Hot Fuzz. Nathan Leahy. So let's see. He put the, the first fight. It's hard to beat the first fight with Matthew Patel. It sets the tone for the movie and also has huge WTF moments, not only for the characters, but also the audience. Also shows that Scott can actually fight. Two. He put favorite characters, Wallace Wells, honorable mention to Lucas Lee and Todd. And he thinks I think Sean the Dead and Hot Fuzz will always duke it out for the number one spot, but Scott Pilgrim follows right behind. Let's see, Bryce uh, Serbrug, who you know from Korea. His favorite fight is Gideon, the fights, his favorite characters knives. And he's like aside from Scott, she said she's the only character to change. And then ranked, he said it's behind, he said it's three behind Hot Fuzz and Sean. Jesse Deal. Loves the fight with Matthew Patel. He said it sets the tone and he loves Andrew Kendrick's reaction. He likes Young Neil the most because he said the scene where he's lip syncing to the an song. And he said it's number two behind Shaun of the Dead. We're getting a lot of two and threes here. Yeah, and it's a one. It's kind of almost unanimous across the board where we've got
1: it's pretty highly rated within his filmography.
0: And then he loves the Brandon Routh fight uh william underwood he knives is his favorite and he said the movie's super close to the cornetto films so three or four or four nate withrow he he put he loves the base battle with todd he said it's got a lot of humor and scott wins through smarts wallace i think wallace is probably wallace and knives are the most popular characters here
1: and yeah, sure.
0: he, he said that the best care uh, he said this is his favorite he said this is his number one favorite film and his favorite song is black sheep because I forgot to ask about music. And I have one more that I'm going to pull up here real quick. One more, one more. And it's from Joey Lewandowski and his favorite characters and ranking. He loves the fight versus Matthew Patel. Envy Adams is his favorite character and it's his favorite film of all of Edgar Wright's. So it's probably what two, would you say it's safe to say? I, I two. would
1: think so. That's, that's kind of the consensus. It's,
0: We've had a few ones, a few kind of threes, and a lot of two-ish. And it seems like the best fight is either Matthew Patel or Todd. I think we got the most... I think that's the most popular. I think so. And the favorite characters seem to be Knives and Wallace, which... Which I would agree with.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I would lean lean more towards Wallace than than Knives. I think he's just fantastic.
0: Uh, But they're both awesome. I, I don't even think I could separate the two because they're just both so perfect in it. But I you know I guess seeing Calkin just he's such a breath of of fresh air in this movie. Like I just love the character. So yeah, I'll say he's I'll say no. Remember not? Nah, yeah, I'll say he's my favorite. I don't know. Knives is cool though. <laughs> no, I can't do it. She's be fu- cool for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, the performances are just so alive in this movie, and it makes me so happy. But yeah, this is this is cool. Like we didn't even talk about how, you know, like the two X's for Lucas. There's sevens everywhere. Like remember, uh, when she they, signed seven stars. Yeah, the seven
1: X's on under the the phone number. Oh gosh, and like there four and everywhere. Todd's like, wearing a number three shirt. Lucas' car was number two. You know, all there's so much crammed into it that. You know, all of Gideon's stats were seven, 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 seven. He had seven health bars in his little health bar. It's every little thing was thought out meticulously.
0: I'm proud of us. We kept this from being a and then episode. And I think we managed to talk about the movie and the characters and the casting and behind the scenes. I didn't get waylaid, which is what I was worried Uh, about. So I'm very happy. There's one
1: question though. So um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is now married to Ewan McGregor. Do you think Obi wan Kenobi had to go through the seven exes?
0: <laughs> yes, I do. I think, yeah. But I, I would like it, yeah. Do you, yeah? You McGregor had to end up fighting all of Mary Elizabeth Winstead's exes in real life. I don't he'd know probably win. He's he's a pretty um,
1: pretty fit yeah. guy. I think yeah, he's done his he'd training. Probably o- he'd probably just run them over in his motorbike. To be
0: honest, <laughs> he'd just ride away from them. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I'm looking at one of his books right now. What is it? Wait, no, where is it?
1: The long way down. Yeah, long way long down way and way long way, way around. Yeah,
0: long way around yeah. yeah, is amazing. Oh, there it is. Them. Long way Round. That's a great. That's my favorite of all of them. I love long way around. What a good, what a good doc. I bought the DVD for that. Watch one episode a night and really dug it. But listen, Niall, this was awesome, man. Thanks, thanks for recommending yeah, for sure. this. Thanks for forcing me to not be pinball an entire episode. I enjoyed planning i mean it's not meticulous we let this flow but it was good to i don't know i absorbed a lot of content a, here little, and a little
1: bit of structure is is good for you mark
0: <laughs> like not a total structure like some movies you don't need it like if you are yeah. talking about major league you don't need structure but when you're talking about this back to the future or scott pilgrim i think you need to like because i could just i do so much research i feel like i'm one of those like you know mitch hedberg he was talking about He's like this. This cable's like a hose. If I if I tighten it and I let it loose, a bunch of jokes fly out at once. Like I feel like that's me with a lot of episodes that have way too much data in them or research. I just want to, and then it. So I'm glad we didn't do that. This was fun. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. Uh, well, hey, uh, where can people find you?
1: Uh, I am at El Nilo on all of the social thingies, um, including the the latest one, whatever it is, Threads. Ooh. I think I've got like two followers on
0: there. That's hey. super exciting. You can watch him travel all over the world. One of whom is my wife. Hey, you can see his feet photos all around the world. Hey, Yeah, yeah. There's... some people have only fans for that. I give mine away for free. <laughs> You're doing the world a service, and I appreciate it, Nile. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, this is awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. All right, so uh, for me, Mark Hoffmeyer, for Niall Moore, this is Movie Films the Flicks. We'll see you next week